da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. A happy new year to everyone out there, and a happy new year to the Mim fam. Welcome back in for another year of the Mad About Movies podcast, <laughs> and uh, another year of us in your lives. We the say Merry New Year. You guys believe that? No, I, don't, I refuse to believe it. Actually, I don't that's that crazy. We're about to year Does number make, five. Yeah, does that make it like in a few weeks when we start our sixth year doing the podcast? Is that how that works? I'm not yeah, good sure. at this kind of thing. Wow, that's nuts. Wow. Season six. Six seasons in a movie. And then we're leaving. <laughs> Who would have thought that we would ever get this far? No one. I, I, certainly I, not me. I certainly would have bet, would have betted it. If the, the day we started this, if you're like, man, in five years, we're still going to be doing this thing. I'd be like, mm, I'll take the yeah. odds on the opposite. <laughs> I'll find something better to do with my time by then, surely. Uh, nope. And we nothing ha- better we to haven't. do with my time. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I have a lot more time now. We're pushing more episodes now than ever. So I don't know if that says about me or my life or anything in general about the world, but um, here we are, uh, headed into 2018, and with you guys by our sides, the VIPs, the man fam alike, all here enjoying the ride. We're recapping 2017 in some way tonight. We still have an episode coming to your feeds in the coming weeks, which will do our definitive uh, annual list episode, and we'll do the best and worst films of the year. Our three lists, we each rank them. And we compare lists and things like that, and we bring those to the light for the first time via the show in just a few weeks. So that's still coming. But tonight, um, in terms of movie news, in in place of movie news, we're going to kind of recap the year for the other stuff. Not the movies, and not the best and worst movies, for sure. Uh, But we ingested a lot of stuff this year. We discovered a lot of things, we enjoyed a lot of things. And uh, our lives are better and worse because of this year in many different ways. But I want to talk about some of our favorite things from the year, aside from movies that we might have uh, mentioned on the show, maybe in Weekly Recommends, maybe something we didn't get to in Weekly Recommends that was a a side venture or an investment you made uh, in some part of your life that you need to share with the ManFam and improve their lives in 2018. So fun little time here to set aside the first ever Mad About Movies Top 5 Things of the Year. I'm excited. Mm. This is going to be good. Um, so where where should we begin? I have a number one thing, but the rest of my list is kind of unranked. Uh, I have more than five things. I have some honorable mention type things. There's things I want to want to throw out there in terms of what I'll remember this year by and, and things that I did this year. But um, so I assume you guys have a number one thing, a big thing. Uh, sure. But I don't know where your list, Brian. You said. Uh, in preface to this conversation that you had a lot mm-hmm. of stuff, a lot of stuff on your list. Yeah, I had, I had some options. I just, I wanted, I texted you guys off the air, just a little inside baseball. I texted these, these two fine fellows and just asked about a couple like, of different I things. I have your number blocked. So I was like, about. <laughs> Yeah, that's normally the response I get every time I text or send a spreadsheet or something like that. It's just, who dis? Um, and then some inappropriate pictures from Richard, but it's fine. Um, Oh, I send those to now. you. Just yeah, no, no, no caption. Good. Just the just the photo. Yeah, uh, the the coffee table book's coming along quite well. But I just wanted to make sure. We Hope you have a big coffee like... table, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? He's joking. Um, uh, yeah, I I didn't want us all to be like and have like the exact same list of our five 
favorite things or three of our five favorite things or whatever. So I've, we're, I've got some we're giving these away too, right? To the like Oprah's favorite things. Yeah, yeah. giving them to everyone under your seat. Right? Yes, and you'll each have one of these under your seat. If you're driving, be careful. Um, Be careful. (laughs) Use caution. Okay, so we will kick things off with Richard giving us one of his favorite things of the year. One of my favorite things this year. Not movie related. Yeah, they're not movie related. We're going to do those later in the year. One of my favorite things this year, and I tried to be... uh, Tried to be cognizant of our audience and like you yeah. know try to keep it kind of culturally for the first time weird. ever. By the way, cognizant of the audience. Yeah, yeah I know it's a first. <laughs> it's new, new year, new me. They appreciate uh, the coffee table book as well. It's fine. Uh, so I'm going to recommend a book. Uh, it's a collection by Chuck Klosterman called Ten or X or so, I don't know. I never know now. iPhones got me thrown I think it's off, eight. but yeah. Yeah, but uh, but it's uh, just a bunch of pop culture essay- essays on movie, music, everything. It's really good. It's pretty substantial. It's a good read. I mean, it's not like intimidatingly large, but it's like a, a really uh, – it's worth every cent of it. And I got to see him speak earlier in the year, and it was really great about this and his other books. So if you like culture writing, that's kind of askew and like to laugh and think about the culture – a little more highbrow, but you you can think about lowbrow things in kind of a high-minded way and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, Closeman's definitely for you. And uh, check out his collection from this year. That is my number five favorite thing. Oh, cool. Is it pop nice. culture? Is he commenting on stuff that's recent? or It's, is, is it's it? all of his. He does every 10 years. He collects all of his magazine pieces that he writes for uh-huh. And then puts them in a book and then adds some stuff to it. So okay. that's what it is. So basically. it's the, so basically short the, form. the past 10 years of his work. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Non-book work. Okay. So all of his like Esquire pieces and stuff like that. So yeah, I've like, seen the cover. It's all black and it's got his name yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. you. So that's what it is. So it's all – I love reading that kind of stuff. That's like the best before bed reading because each chapter is like five pages. So you just kind of read one a night and laugh a little bit and go to bed. Next, you know, a month later, you read a book and uh, you don't really have to keep up um you know night to night with right. a plot or anything so i always i always always have something like that next to my bed and it's a, it's a really fun collection so my my girlfriend and i or pardon me my wife and i gosh, whoa, whoa hold on i know i know wow my wife and, and i have of 2017 wow i know what a year <laughs> what a year my wife and i have uh very different tastes and stuff and it's just like something we both enjoy which makes me think that uh you know he has a wide i think the man fam would like it because if we both like it then i think everyone does because we don't like anything in common including each other so next up yeah i don't have any books on the list but of the books that i would recommend uh, i would say three of the four are short story related or short chapter mm-hmm. related or broken up in some way I've, i found that much easier uh, for me to uh, to get through, it makes it less intimidating for sure, and a lot uh, easier on the eyes. Okay, Brian. Sure, sure. Uh, I am going to go with my number five thing. Would be let's see, which am I going to go there? I'm going to recommend a another podcast, which I know uh, is That's weird because I didn't, can't do that. I, yeah, I didn't know that yeah. they other podcasts existed. Um, <laughs> this may be the only one that I know of, but it's from earlier this year, and it was great listening and got me through like one and a half very long work days, and uh, and I quite enjoyed it and look forward to more work similar to this, and uh, and that is from I believe from March, late March was uh, was S Town. Which uh, was a blast. It was a really interesting uh, listen. I think it was only like six parts. 
it was it was NPR, right? Or it was the same yeah. as uh, yeah. as uh, cereal as cereal, and much more interesting than cereal <laughs> season two. So uh, I I had a blast with that one. That was very very interesting subject matter and uh, and really well done. I thought. Where would you say? podcasts are going do you think the the medium of the narrative storytelling and the long form one serialized thing is is in or out or where do you see it see that um kind of going in the next year i I thought it was i thought it was hot for a couple of months and Uh I, i just can't tell if it's still around or if i should still be listening to those or seeking those out or what in terms of i just don't think uh, we figured it out yet we talked about that a little bit a few a couple weeks ago when uh, Marvel announced that they were going to do a Wolverine podcast. That's true. Yeah. Um, I just think this medium, we've tapped into like two percent of what it could be so mm-hmm. far, and there's just so there's so many different things that uh, could be done with it. I I think there's plenty of space in the medium for that type of uh, product or that kind of storytelling, but it has to be done well. And I feel like Serial itself discovered that. Going from season one, which was for, I don't know, like maybe, maybe like 70% of America might have been the first podcast that they ever listened to Mm because it was just such a huge cultural phenomenon to season two. Almost everybody I know um, that was really into season one of Serial didn't finish Serial season two because it just was so, it just was kind of boring and wasn't really great storytelling. And And, and Part of that too, though, I think, Brian, you can blame it on season two, but I think a lot of that is at the foot of the end of season one, right? When everyone was listening to season one of Serial, spoiler alert for a four-year-old epidemic or whatever, but uh, Uh it was like, where is this going to go? How is this going to end? And then it ended very anticlimactically and with completely open-ended and you didn't really ever know what happened. So I think that turned people off and then season two kind of starting slow. It was like combo of those two things, but season two did suck. Don't get me wrong, but I think a lot of that was the end of season one as well. Totally. So anyway, I think there's space for it for sure. It seems like every other podcast right now is true crime, um, but less serialized and whatnot. So I, I, th- right. I think there's space for it. it. Just has to be done well. That's all. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I definitely think that uh, serial. We saw the growth that serial had uh, on our podcast. So um, all the better. And uh, I'm looking forward to discovering some good ones in uh, in the next year. So I'm gonna make my recommend kind of related to that this is a piece of technology that i discovered or got this year that's been beneficial to my life and and definitely contradictory to where i thought i'd be this point in time um i purchased an amazon echo do you guys have one of those i do yeah i do i got it for christmas uh last year 2016 christmas yeah uh i got one yeah i got one as a gift like one of the little dot things and i plugged it into my Plugged it into my big stereo uh, in my living area, and then I got another one as a gift that's got like the built-in speaker to it. So I yeah. had that in my bathroom, and I didn't realize uh, how handy they were and what what a cool service it was that Amazon was providing. I already had an Amazon account, so it was really easy to sync up, and uh, just really cool. I, I'm a I'm a guy who collects music, and I listen to my iPod, and I listen to you know records and and CDs and things like that I prefer the physical medium of music listening rather than the mm-hmm. buffering and streaming and the awful quality that that provides uh so I never was one to invest in any of that kind of stuff so this year I I did try out the Echo and that service I love it for shuffling music and discovering music and giving me playlists and just the voice control is awesome 
to be able to get the weather from there is cool. Uh, stats for sports, movie times, things like that uh, is really handy. So that's something that I would recommend to the uh, to the listener. It's really cheap. I think they're like twenty five bucks or something for the for the mini one, and a really cool service and uh, something that I was glad I came across and invested in in, in two thousand and uh, in seventeen. Aside aside with that or along with that is just Bluetooth in general. I've never been a guy that like had Bluetooth headphones or the, the you know the weird earpiece or anything like that. But I, I had a pair of uh, Bluetooth always, Bose like Bose things. Bluetooth uh, whatever they're noise canceling headphones. Like dude, I've used those more than any product probably the, through the past year. Just with my phone, my laptop, with any kind of music listening or anytime I'm traveling or anything like that. I mean, it's so nice not to have the cords and everything and Bluetooth in general. Highly recommended from from Kent in 2016, 17. So um, uh, let's let's uh, move on. And I've got a couple of uh, TV shows. Hold, so I'm gonna go- hold on real quick. What? I think we should segue to my fourth, only because it ties on the witch. Oh, okay, said. go ahead. Yeah, just not to not. I wouldn't normally do this, but uh, my number four is actually the Beat Solo Three headphones. Um, I use them when we do this podcast, and I pretty oh, cool. much live in them all the time, listening to audiobooks and stuff. I won't sell you on the sound quality or noise cancellation because it's fine for that. Um, it's not great noise cancellation. It's just a little bit because they're a little bit smaller than like full ear muffy uh, cans on your head. And the sound quality is good. Um, but the uh, two features of it, number one, 40 hours of battery life. That's the thing that sucks. Holy about, yeah. Noise cancellation headphones is the, you, you know, you go to use them and they're not charged. So this has 40 hours of battery life. And for five minutes, um, it gets you three hours of playback. So if you can just find five minutes to charge them, like before a flight, that'll get you through the flight, even if you totally let them die beforehand. So as someone who's like forgetful, I've had these things for like, I got them in August. I got a, I had a crazy flight delay situation coming back from Montana. And so they gave me a Best Buy gift card in addition to some vouchers. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just, gonna, this is something I'll never splurge on. I'm just going to get these. And it's been a life changer, man. They're never, they've never died on me in six months or five months or whatever it's been. They're always some battery. And if they are getting close, if they're like 5%, I plug them in for five minutes and they're at 35%. And that'll so, get they're, they're, so they're not, so they're like, they are over the ears. They're not the little buds kind yeah, or anything. They're like not that. the buds. They're okay. over the ears. But I've always like wondered about it. the buds. Uh, yeah, the Beats buds and all the Bose buds. If anybody has those, any listener, just email us and let us know what you think of those because I'm always nervous on the any kind of buds. Yeah. Same. For, uh, and that's why I went. Yeah, I'm more of a buds guy because you look kind of stupid with because whatever. Yeah, talking about sound quality. Things. How do they sound? But yeah, yeah, but uh, but. Just having the bigger ear cans, the benefit is they can put a big honking battery in them and they're completely wireless. Mm -hmm. And uh, just being able to know that when I charge these, I can get a full work week out of them before I have to charge them again is like the greatest thing ever. So Beats Solo 3 Wireless, they're not cheap. They're like 300 bucks. Um, Like I said, I probably wouldn't have bought them without a nice Best Buy gift card, but I'm really glad I did. And now I would pay full price for them having used them so um if you're in the market for something like that and you're and you're a little more convenience minded instead of total like i'm a sound nerd but i can get by um i'm sure that i think the bows sound 10 percent better but these have 15 hours more battery life and yep. to me i'll make that trade every time that is that is a good investment and i i can't recommend enough to the listener who's 99 percent of them probably listening to my voice right now on headphones Investing in a good pair of headphones is really nice. I the ones I'm listening to right now to record this, I've had for ten plus years. I paid maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty for them, and I've used them for ten 
10 plus years nice. and they're still they're, great. They're Walkman. I mean, they're Walkman there's, headset. Yeah, it's way, yeah, it's all, I only use Walkman branded stuff. That's just a weird thing with me. Um, but I mean, there's a difference between spending 10 bucks and having something that'll last you in a couple of weeks. I don't know, those yeah. ear, little earbuds break I run all the time, through, or yes, I run through those can, all the time. I mean, me too. I haven't just I to can throw go away through one but a month. You yeah. get what you pay for. Is I guess the point I'm making. Um, or you get the one year, you get the one yeah. side that goes out. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, that all the thing. time. Yeah, and then, the worst. It was always the left on the Apple earbuds. I guess they <laughs> they remedied that, but it was always the left. What was the with that? So weird. Um, okay, Brian, do you have any tech or anything aside from media that you can? Um, yeah, I've got like a service. Yeah, I'll there you that. go. That'll be my number four. So hey, that's kind of inappropriate, year, Brian. A service. I mean, I, I know, know, right? You don't want to bring uh, that on we'll the air, but we'll see. That, those are recommended only on the VIP feed. Um, yeah, this year I early like I guess I guess March maybe because I think it was right around when the uh, the NCAA tournament started. I cut the cord from Directv, suck at Directv, and moved over to PlayStation View. And I know there's a lot of other services out there like. I've seen the the YouTube one is gaining popularity, and uh, what's the, the anyway Sling? There's yeah. all kinds of different ones. YouTube um, TV, yeah, yeah, YouTube yeah. TV. Hulu has Sling. one. Hulu's got one. Um, there's they're all over the place. I'm sure any of them are fine. I love PlayStation View. Like I will never, I will never go back as long as this service exists. It's been, uh, it has every channel that I want. It has all the local and national sports. It has an unlimited DVR. I uh, can watch it in any room on pretty much any device at any time. And, uh, and it's like, it's saving me maybe a hundred and fifteen hundred and twenty bucks a month. So it's been great. I love it. Uh, and it gets the, maybe the best thing about it. And this, uh, I think you guys would appreciate, like it gets better almost Almost monthly, they add a feature Updates, or yeah. a yeah update that mm-hmm. here's a new channel, things like that. That uh, has like some of the little things I had problems with early on in the process have completely fixed themselves over the last few months, and it's been it's been awesome. So it's uh, if you're looking to if you're like me and you're like I want to get off of the terrible uh, Directv slash AT and T plan that I have to deal with. Uh, but you can't just completely get rid of TV. Like I know, can't you? You ba- you don't have any kind. I don't of, have any just, cable. I just yeah. I'm on Netflix and Hulu and on yeah. demand. That's all I'm all I'm doing. If it wasn't for sports, I would be able to do that. But I can't with sports. It just there's it's it's too much. There are ways, Brian. To get around. There, there, there are. There are, it, there are ways. You're totally true. <laughs> but most of them, it's like this is too much work to even mess with. So uh, anyway, this has been a a fantastic. Uh, it saved us so much oh, yeah. money, and and it and it and it works. That's the thing. I tried out Sling once upon a time, and I was just like, "This sucks." Like, it's yes, it will save me money, but it's not very good. And I'm sure it's gotten better since then. But this was this was uh, the best of both worlds, and uh, has been a, a great investment for dude. For so me. cool. So check I'm that so out. I'm so glad that we're we're come. The technology is finally. Yes. It's our dream, wasn't it? It's like, man, one day TV is all going to be online, and we're going to be able to find what we want, and only that, and only pay a little bit. And we're not going to have all these bundled packages and all that. I, I'm I'm so ready for that to be over mm-hmm. with, and I'm hoping that the days are coming. Um, okay, uh, I kind of did a, a service, so I have a service for my number one. So I'm going to save that. But all mm-hmm. all the rest of mine are are movie related. But I I have to recommend guys, Blue Apron, BlueApron.com/slash/mad. Maybe the best Ooh. service there is. Great nice. meals at your door, freshest recipes. Best investment you can make in yourself, Blue Apron. Big supporter of the MAM. 
and uh, you guys should invest yourself in them. Okay, Yummy. Richard, what's your next one? All right, so let's see. What order do I want to do these in? Let me look at them real quick. I'll go ahead. I'll do a service, too. This isn't an exclusive 2017 service, uh, but it is a service I've used for almost 10 years. Uh, I think 2019 will be my 10-year anniversary. Um, and it's a great... They have been a sponsor of the show before, but that's not why. Uh, they are... It's the thing I... The app I use the most. I'm just constantly on the go, and I love to read, and I, you know, I, I, I still read hard books all the time at night and stuff, but like during my day in the car and stuff. And that is audible. Love audible. Um, I've, I've trained myself now where I can do the 1.5 speed so I can plow through 30 hour books in like 20, 20 hours. Ooh. Yeah. Um, hey, so ladies. it's, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, what's 1. up? 1.5 guy over here. <laughs> guy. Put that on your and license plate. What's up, Rachel Nichols? 1.5 guy. <laughs> <laughs> guy. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> so I've got, I'm trying to see, they have like your stats and stuff. I'm trying to figure out. Let's see. Let's see what I'm at. Uh, me, there I am. Look there. at your audible I've stats, man. Like, that okay, in my life, I've spent one month, 13 days, 13 hours, and 40 minutes listening to Audible. <laughs> wow, that's um, nice. Yeah, so I'm like, it's a, I use it constantly. It's, I think, 15 bucks a month-ish. You get one free book with that. So you basically you pre-buy the books. But most, most Audible books, pardon me, are like 30, 40 bucks. So like you get a 50% off discount if you can just train yourself mm-hmm. to listen to one a month. Um, and then you also get discounts on more you can also a lot of people don't know this they kind of keep in the top credit if you get really into this you can actually buy three extra credits for like 30 bucks Mm -hmm. um up in the upper right corner so that's always good if you like kind of for like summer trips and stuff if you want to load up um that's a cool feature and that mean that way it's like 10 bucks a book 11 Mm -hmm. bucks a book so um, i want to i want to add to that rb because i just did this um they always have because i'm a big audible guy as well not as big as you, but I've, I'm at 29 days, which is pretty nice. But uh, nice. Right there so like three or four times a year, they do big, sometimes more. They do like huge two two for one sales mm-hmm. or things yep. like that. Um, they just had one. I think it, it may have ended or it's, you know, in its last hours or something. But uh, but I went and bought the three credits and got six books for 30 wow. bucks. And I'm Ooh. just like, that's my first, that's my first six books of, uh, of 2018. That's pretty cool. I didn't know question. you could buy credits awesome. on a discount. Man, yeah. you out hustle the hustler there. Well done. Now I Look know that. Look at that. Yeah. I've only used the Audible app. Uh, so mm-hmm. question about the service in general that y'all, mm-hmm. y'all can, uh, so once you buy the book, can you download it and have it forever? Or do yeah. you, is it like a so rental? Like for no, a, it's basically like a cloud account, and like right now you can I can toggle between like the the, the books that are on my phone, which is one, or to the books in my account, which is like two hundred. Mm-hmm. And at any point, I can down if I want to go back and re listen to something I read eight years ago, I can do that. Oh, that's yeah. awesome! So, even if cool. you even if you uh, get rid of the service or suspend yeah, that's it, a, that's or my question. Like can you download you, it yes, and then delete the service and you own it forever? Yes. Oh, that's yes. cool. Very cool. Okay. Yeah, it's Audible, not like double a, recommend for right. Audible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you guys are big Audible guys for sure. I have another. Audible's I have a recommend related to that, but I will save it for a weekly recommend uh, later mm. in the future that you guys are gonna really enjoy too. Ooh, it's related to audiobook tease. technology. It is a tease of all teases. Um, okay, so let's go into some media now, and I'm gonna kind of clump this recommend uh, favorite thing of 2017 into one, which is just TV. Uh, I have a favorite TV episode of the year and a favorite TV show or season of the year. Um, both of them are on Netflix. 
uh, aside from that House of Cards fiasco, both both in what happened with Kevin Spacey and the leaking of the episodes and that whole thing, um, they've had a pretty solid year in terms of their output. A lot of big time stuff came from Netflix this year, Emmy Awards and things like that. So a side award goes to streaming service of the year, goes to Netflix uh, this year, hit it out of the park. So both of my recommends come from there. The first one is TV episode, one that I uh, will remember this year by season two, episode three of Stranger Things 2, which is Mm -hmm. the Ghostbusters kids dressing up going to school episode. So great. Maybe one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. And um, just awesome and iconic in every way already and timeless. And I love it. And I love the how they, you know, can weave Ghostbusters so seamlessly into Stranger Things and make it so natural. Oftentimes, pop culture like that is forced, but it uh, didn't feel like that at all. And it was one of my favorite things I've ever seen. So big recommend to that. And uh, one of my favorite things. And so favorite TV show of the year, uh, Master of None. Season two on Netflix. Sure. Thought it was really, really solid. I thought as a season of comedic television, it's just about as solid as you get. It was artistic. It was uh, lovely. It was sad. It was funny. It was heartbreaking, heartwarming, everything you want. And uh, I really, really liked what Aziz has done with that show. And the template for it was honestly a blank canvas. And I love the picture he's painted with it. And I'm excited to see where they go in season three. Master of None gets my TV season or slash show of the year. Uh, do you guys have any That's, TV related recommends? I, I don't. I'll go real quick. I do. Brian, because yeah. I don't. So okay. I'll just hammer mine in here. I didn't, I, it's only so much time. We do the movies. Like we said, I'm a book and music person. And then TV, something has to fall by the wayside. And, Unfortunately, that's it, and it's probably stupid because we're in this golden age of TV. So I see very little, um, but Master of None, I do watch, and that was my favorite show of the year, too. So it doesn't mean as much as it means from Kent because he sees way more than I do, but that's a beautiful, <laughs> perfect show, and uh, it, it's it's truly great, and uh, I couldn't second that more. But Brian, I'll let you talk about uh, whatever nerd stuff you want to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, I... <laughs> Stranger Things was great. That was probably my favorite show of the year. I would I would say I still haven't watched season two of Master of None. I need to. Oh I my intend gosh! To. I wow! Know, I know. Got I blame to. my wife. Um, my if if I'm going away from Stranger Things, my favorite TV show of the year, uh, pretty pretty uh, not so close would be The Good Place. I've recommended that so many times, and I keep I feel like I'm banging the drum the way I did for Arrested Development and Parks and Recreation of like just. I feel like I'm having to force people to watch the show and I don't I don't want to I don't want to carry that kind of responsibility so it'd be great if everybody would just uh just buy in and do it. It was it finished its season 1 last year at in the beginning part of uh 2017 so well and it carried it over even better in uh the first half of of its second season uh which was like, you know, September through October. It's so funny and uh Dancing and and Kristen Bell and all the dancing especially American Treasure Ted Danson crushes it in this uh, most recent season. So it just I think it got renewed for season three already. So yeah, you have nothing to worry about if that's if you're one of those people that's like I don't want to watch something that's going to get canceled. I you're going to get forty or fifty episodes minimum. So please please watch it and it's on Netflix. Uh, season one is and it's it's so it's so good. Please watch it. Uh, I misspoke. It's season two, episode two of Stranger Things. Ah, season two. Sure. 
I should have uh, said that correctly the first time. I apologize. But uh, and season two of Master of None. Season one's great too, but I'm recommending season two, which came out this year. Um, yeah. All right, Richard. All right, like I said, I don't have any TV, but I'm going to recommend an album. It's my favorite album of the year, and it came out uh, just a few months ago. It's one, by one of my favorite artists who I love, and I'm always kind of pushing people on. Um, and it's uh, a record called Gathering by Josh Ritter. It's awesome. I think he's the best lyricist currently working, and musically, it's a really interesting, fun album. And uh, kind of, he kind of grows a bit with every album. Um, from kind of folk singer songwriter to he can go in a million different directions, but everything is always extremely literate and romantic. And I just think he's he's a real a real genius uh, that happens to be working in kind of song form. But he's someone that could could write you know books or poetry or anything. He's just really really that talented. Mm-hmm. The, the the everything stands for itself. So the record gathering is is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. So Josh Ritter, um, he's pretty well known, but like a lot of times people don't see him. Also, if you can see him live, go do it. He's it's a great live show. His band's really hot and and awesome. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Gathering Josh Ritter, awesome. Rank rank your Ritters, Josh, Jason, or mm. the late John Ritter. Man, I go. I'm a big Breaking Bad guy, so I go. Kristen, number one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. went off. Went Huge off the box. Well, wow, <laughs> yeah, big, what an yeah. upset! Yeah, big upset there. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> no. Josh is my guy. Josh is my guy, and uh, yeah, isn't there a Tyson Ritter too? I don't know. Oh, who that's an All American Rejects so lead singer. Tyson there you Ritter. go. Yes. There you go. There we he, go. He doesn't Tyson. count. He's not in the top he's, four. So he's my number one. Them. We can I saw All American Rejects this year in 2017 somehow. Well, everybody uh, who listens to Mad about All American Rejects knows really well oh, okay, that you guys sorry. saw them. This year. Sorry, you you're right. Here. You're right. I nailed it. I, I missed it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, okay. So I'm going to recommend something music related too. Same. Uh, it, it's it's related to an album, but I'm going to recommend something kind of related to the album, not the album album itself. The album was called Something to Tell You by Haim, or Haim, mm. if you ever want to, it's pronounced Haim, but people think they're called Haim, or know them as Haim. And, um, related to that, Paul Thomas Anderson did this little live performance. Who's uh, that? He is a, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, I think you might know him as, uh, <laughs> Richard, no. Um, he, he photographed a performance from them in a studio called Valentine Studios, and the the video is called Valentine, so just search Paul Thomas Anderson Valentine or Heim Valentine, and uh, they perform three songs on there, but it's all live, and it's really, really cool, and it's, it's shot in a very Paul Thomas Anderson-y way, and it really showcases what the band is and the kind of music they play and what the album is, and uh, so I would recommend that as an introduction to not only the band, but to um, their style and music and all that. So if you guys haven't seen that, I, I nominated for best picture. It was awesome. It was really good. Yeah, and awesome. uh, maybe the, maybe the best like photographed music performance I've seen in a while. Uh, just very cool. Good idea. And all that. Very awesome. simple. Uh, so Heim Valentine is my music recommend. And that's probably my album of the year too. Just love that album and mm-hmm. was really solid. And I'm, I'm excited about, I, I would say in general, guys, I don't know if you feel this way. 2017, not a great, not a year of great albums. A lot of solid songs, a lot of albums that came were very anticipated, but maybe didn't live up to hype. Um, I, I just don't think there was a lot of really great 
albums this year. My favorite albums were all very mainstream poppy albums. Not to say that that's bad, but mm-hmm. I think it was down on the like artistic, uh, yeah, in the underground albums of the year and things like that. And I think the Grammys nominee nominations show that as well. But mm-hmm. um, what what was your music related recommend uh, or favorite yeah. thing? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of triple it up here. Okay. Uh, I went I went. Uh, my favorite album uh, by far was, and this is no surprise, was Jason Isbell and the yeah, and the 400 unit Nashville Sound it was great. Um, you're totally right, Richard. Like Josh Ritter is a great lyricist. I think Jason Isbell is, and it's the same. They're one and one A maybe for me. Um, love his sound and and the uh, the album had quite a bit to say and uh is is very very good so that was that was great that's probably but like album wise that's the one i listened to the most this year although i'm kind of with you can't like there was probably i was going back through and looking at uh you know the actual records that i bought as well as the stuff that i downloaded or or streamed heavily or whatever and there wasn't there was maybe five or six albums just full albums all year that i really got into everything else was uh, a song here and a song there, and that new um, uh, that new concept album by the Wiggles though was pretty. <laughs> it was it's pretty. Awesome. I didn't. I didn't expect it was a big fan. Expect a black metal turn for them. Yeah. But it, fit them <laughs> it was, well, it was explicit. Yeah, but it yeah. was good. Like it's death good. metal it was, it was, it was kind of it. odd. Odd yeah. but yeah, it was good. Um, my favorite song this year, I think, was I recommended a few weeks ago the Wild Reeds album, and they have a song on there called Fruition that I just I love. I thought it was a perfect song. It's like eight minutes long, but really, really good. So that was uh, that was my favorite song of the year. And then I was also going to recommend the Arcade Fire concert, just like in general, if uh-huh. they're coming through your town. That's probably one of the three or five best concert experiences that uh, that I've ever had. It was such a great show and such a terrible audience, and it for once that worked in our favor, and it was uh, it was awesome. I had a great time with that. Very cool. Very very cool. Uh, I double down on those recommends too. Good stuff, uh, Richard. We're rounding out your last one, or you got two more? I think it's my last one. Okay, go ahead. This is an app which is really cool. Um, and uh, or service, whatever you think of it. Have you? I know I've talked to Brian about it. Ken, have you heard of Robinhood? Uh, yes. Yeah. So Robinhood is an investment app, and they give you free trades um, because they are just quietly hoarding all of your data and using it to make smart plays in the market. But hey, regardless of what you think about uh, the political situation or the economy at large. Um, the stock market's doing really well. And so it's a good time to get in and maybe make a little money. So if you're going to do that, I recommend Robinhood, especially if you're new to the game. Um, the difference is for those that are new to it, um, things like E-Trade and stuff like that, great services, all that, but they charge you per trade. So every time you buy or sell a stock, you have to pay a commission essentially. So it's no big deal if you're trading like um, you know $20,000 worth of stock if you're going to pay a $7 fee. But if you're like... A lot of people, most of us, you don't, you know, you're maybe trading $90 worth of stock and taking an $8 cut out of that is no fun. It kind of defeats the purpose of any money you'd make on said stock. So Robinhood, every time you buy and sell, it's free. Um, and so basically, like I said, they the, the way they pay for that is they just like take everyone's data and then play the market with it. So that's kind of the trade you make, but it's a really cool service. Um, it's kind of a fun way, whether you want to put in 20 bucks or Two thousand bucks or twenty thousand bucks, whatever. Probably not the best thing to. Uh, I would highly recommend 
if you really want to invest a lot of money to do it in something a little more low risk. But if you kind of want to just play and day trade and kind of monitor your phone a few times a day and say, hey, I really like, I use, you know, I bought a lot of stuff on Etsy. Maybe I'll buy $14 worth of Etsy stock or something like that. And, uh, or if you want to give someone stock, it's like a gift, um, things like that. It's really fun. So, and it, and it's a great interface. It's a really cool looking app. So, um, it's really fun. I have kind of a weird interest in these things and, uh, it's, I wouldn't recommend putting your whole portfolio into it, but it is kind of fun to put a little money in and play around. So, uh, Robin hood. Very good. Good app. Recommend. Brian, are we done with you? I got one more. Okay. Uh, I guess I could have brought it up earlier when we were talking books, but uh, my favorite book of the year, and by the way, if you're so inclined, later this week on my personal website, which is briandegill.com. Can baby shrink Red No, I moved everything over. That was that was my old site. But uh, yeah, just it's all collected at briandegill.com. Uh, I'll have my... I, I rank out all the books that I read in the year. It's like a way for me to uh i don't know it's it's an incentive to keep going and like help me keep track of everything anyway my favorite book that i read this year is actually from i don't know 15 or 18 years ago or something but uh is the amazing adventures of cavalier and clay by michael shabon which was great and i audibled it and it was like 26 hours long and it got me through uh many work days as well as a road trip and uh i i love 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 the book maybe one of my i don't know five or ten favorites that i've ever read so Definitely check that one out if you have, if for some reason you're like me and haven't read it over the course of the last, you know, like 20 years that it's been out there. Very good. Very, very good. Okay. Uh, I have one more thing to recommend. No surprise. I'm recommending it for all three of us because <laughs> we had to fight over this. Uh, Movie Pass, best investment yeah. of the year for, for yeah. our show in terms of uh, going and seeing yeah. a lot of movies. That's what the show's about. It's our, it's our bread and butter if you will, is the the movies. We see a lot of movies, and in the theater, specifically. A lot of these we prefer to be at home to watch, but they don't show a lot of these at home uh, day in, uh, date with uh, with in terms of theatricals. So we need to go to the movie theaters a lot, maybe multiple times a week. That gets expensive, and that's part of the reason why we have great donators and VIPs to help the show move and things like that, but it's great to have a service like MoviePass where you pay nine ninety nine a month and you can see a movie a day. That's the only restriction. And uh, it's been great. You guys have invested in it as well and have seemed to enjoy it too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So how was your, I guess, few months experience with it? Mine has been great. I've had it since about August, and uh, I haven't had any issues other than I went to a movie and uh, changed my mind, and all you do is go on the app and click cancel, and you can pick a different movie. So it was no issue, but it was my bad that I... Um, Changed, mm-hmm. wanted to change the time, but there was no issue with that. Um, how do you guys like it? They I love it, dude. Yeah, yeah, it would have been my number one recommend of the year if it wasn't that's, already. That's yours. the number one recommend of the of the show. Yeah, I'll say that. It's, yeah, it's been that's so cool. awesome, and I've like sold. I've had to. I've kind of given the rundown to so many people of like, what is this and how does it work and all that, and it's. Um, I'm it's made our lives so much better. I think it just has saved us a lot of money and has kind of made the whole experience better in a lot of ways. Cause there's so many times where we see a movie where we may not even be that excited about seeing said movie. And it's so much easier to me, at least to walk in when it's like, uh, this cost me literally nothing. So that's nice. Um, and I, yeah. and in addition to, 
Um, like Richard, your experience of like, well, I've got a, some downtime, so I'm just going to go see Thor again or something. It's just yeah. such a foreign concept to where we have been for the last uh, few years of doing this show. So it's been great. I, yeah, I completely agree. And it's great to walk out of movies, like you said, and especially bad ones, and say, that didn't cost me anything, at least, <laughs> the silver lining. Uh, so it's been great and, so, you know, just cool little service that I think our listeners specifically would really enjoy and that has benefited our lives and made the show come together. And we'll give you guys more episodes, too, in turn, mm-hmm. you know, so we're able to see a lot more and do all that. So, man, it's been a good year, 2017. I'm excited to, to wrap this year up with our movie talk here in a few weeks. Like I said, um, that's the main conversation. But again, there was a lot of stuff. 40 minutes, in fact, if you're keeping track of stuff to, to, to recommend that we really liked. And we're glad we, we had this time to do that um, in between movie news items because Hollywood likes to take vacation during uh, the holidays and they don't like to announce big things during the holidays either. So I assume we'll just get sexual a lot harassment. Of, there's sexual. Yeah. Right. Just, yeah. It's the only just, part which, that, which that person today is a, is a, is a sexual predator. Let's, <laughs> let's play the spin the wheel game. Merry Christmas <laughs> to yeah, you. While you guys were away, Dustin Hoffman has been removed from American treasures and we'll see you next week. All right. Um, okay. So let's move on. And, uh, we have a little bit of time here to talk about I, Tanya. Boom. All right, so a little more Oscar talk for you this evening, and uh, Oscar season talk, I should say. I don't know if this is Oscar material, or we'll have to see in terms of those nominations, which are yet to be announced, which I think it's a two weeks, maybe? A week? Uh, till we hear that. But uh, this one was highly anticipated in terms of uh, movies coming around this time that had some buzz around them. Uh, this debuted in September, and it had some clout in terms of a the storyline. The story uh, is pretty well known here in America, at least. Uh, B the person that they cast in the lead role. C the people that they cast in the uh, supporting roles, and uh, all of that. And I think the script is highly touted as well. So I had a lot going for it, and I've been wanting to talk about this for for a while. There's a documentary that came out called The Price of Gold that. I watched and I think I had suggested it as maybe a bonus episode or whenever it came out, we never got to it. Maybe I recommended it or something uh, that was really well done by ESPN um, that is worth your time. And I got all the Tanya Harding I wanted or needed. (laughs) I thought out of that, Uh, it was kind of the documentary that needed to happen and kind of cleared the air on that whole thing. And um, it was very, I don't know, it was in in the same way that this is. It's very uh, confessional. I don't know if that's the right word, but it, it feels like they're trying to say everyone's trying to say their side of the story and trying to get over the whole situation and let it not be a story anymore. Of course, that's not the case. This movie takes a more uh, narrative approach to it. Of course, it takes more liberties with probably exaggerating things that happened in real life. And so I had to deal with that aspect of it. But there were some of this that I was like, wow, I hope that really didn't happen in real life. And if it did, that's incredible that she ever got through that. Tanya Harding, the figure skater. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm torn on this. I really am. I, I don't know. I don't know where I fall in terms of needing more Tanya Harding related things. But um, I thought this was just a little too 
um, showy, I should say, uh, in a lot of stuff. And I'll get specific later. I don't want to hit spoilers right now. It's pretty spoilery uh, if you don't know the story. But I'm pretty torn on how I, I fall in this movie as a whole. But I think the performances are strong. I think it's it's well-directed. I think it's well-written. But I just don't know if, if the sum of all those parts equals a good movie or a movie that I ever want to think about or watch again. Um, that's kind of where I where I stand on I, Tanya, uh right now. So uh, what, what's your experience with, with this, uh, Brian? Yeah, so I... <sighs> This was a movie that uh, I had no idea was coming until like it was a week away. You know, I feel like the trailer came out right as it was about to uh, to debut, at least in the you know smaller circuits and stuff. Um, Margot Robbie has been pretty hit or miss to me. If if we were uh, Richard and I, especially talk a lot about like buying stock in a person's career, and I would have had a roller coaster experience with hers of just like oh i'm i'm totally in she's gonna be a huge star and then times where i'm like i don't i don't know that she's gonna make it five years suicide squad yeah no, I hear yeah seriously <laughs> and even just like she seems sometimes unpleasant in interviews and and sometimes that can to- sometimes that's that totally works for you and sometimes it 100 percent does not work for you anyway there's just been it's been a strange ride for her um i'm I'm kind of the opposite of you can't like I this is a story the Tanya Harding Nancy Kerrigan thing happened when I was uh like 10 or 11 years old and it is one of the probably like the top five things that I remember from my childhood just gonna say the same thing it's the first news story I remember it was like yeah yeah the Iraq war and this because I was like six Brian six or seven Uh right and it was like Iraq war and this Mm-hmm. And were like the two defining first news stories I was aware sure. of, which is so funny. They're so uh, yeah. the juxtaposition of those two. But yeah, it was a huge story for a lot of reasons. But that yeah, uh, which is Lily, kind Lily of Hammer amazing does. in some ways. What happens to Lily Hammer? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, I I'm here for just about any Tonya Harding, less so Nancy Kerrigan sort of material or content that's out there. I just I'm fascinated by her whole story and persona and and everything that went into it and um i watched uh what was that what the price of gold is that what it was called yeah. okay i watched that and it was fascinating i loved it i thought it was incredible television um i'm usually in the anti-biopic group uh it's just it to me it's just boring kind of lazy movie making so this is like if you're gonna do a biopic and 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 like i get it this isn't a traditional biopic by any means it's more about an event less so than a person in some ways but this is the way to do it to me is like just find a weird mm-hmm. quirky way to do it and uh and just go with it but um but it's, i love an it. exception I, of it's an exception in this case of the story is just so unbelievable that you're like what and it's like mm-hmm. the, the characters yes, are so larger yes. than life that it's almost the perfect kind of coen mm-hmm. brothers kind of caper yes. type story yeah, that, right that's so exactly it what it is to and, this this uh yes this kind of I, I guess buffoonery or or campiness you know so it, it's yeah it's unreal um you're you're spot on like the if this was made by the coen brothers i, I mean like the, i mean the story not just this movie if this mm-hmm. story was a coen brothers movie you would think this fits perfectly with their entire filmography and i think maybe maybe more than anything else in the movie um 
that they got spot on was was Bobby Cannavale saying, you know, in a something like in a in a story completely filled with boobs, these two were the biggest boobs in the whole story. Uh-huh. And and it's so funny to me, you know, in retrospect, look, Nancy Kerrigan was fine, so you can kind of laugh at this absurd the absurdity that's of the thing story. is no one really likes nancy kerrigan so it's right. like it yes, makes it's it exactly it's so <laughs> she's it so is, unlikable that you're like this it's like when she goes funny. down it's like wow somebody broke the what? arm of anne hathaway <laughs> like oh no that sucks <laughs> but i mean like glad she's okay and everything but <laughs> so weird let's yeah, all laugh it, about it yeah. right and the fact that she came out like mostly fine like you still won the silver medal everything you know whatever it, it makes it to where you can just completely it's it's different than like the oj thing right like that became such a huge cultural thing it still is 20 plus years later is such a huge cultural phenomenon and culturally relevant and stuff but at the end of the day two people died like horrifically and so it's it's not quite as much fun right to like to riff on and to be super fascinated in as this is to me so anyway i've i've always found the tanya harding thing to just be really interesting i thought margot robbie was phenomenal it was less of a like spot-on impression as it was um kind of like just i'm an actor who's gonna portray this person and i i appreciate that i would i would much prefer that to like the guy who played tupac in that uh tupac movie where it's like yeah you look like him but <laughs> you don't really you're not really bringing anything else amy adams to the, had to uh, fire her agent after this i know thing, right? seriously seriously um which would be but i thought she was great i thought uh all the supporting actors and actresses especially american treasure alice and janey were were incredible i loved the tone i i there's some like up and downs with the scripting and and maybe some of the directing choices and stuff like that uh to me it took like 15 or 20 minutes to to kind of find its legs. It was really awkward and uncomfortable in the, uh, her like childhood phase part of the, the movie I felt like, but once, once you got to the mid eighties and she's, uh, you know, an adult and all the stuff that's happening with that, I thought was really well done. And maybe the, the stroke of genius to the whole movie. And it's maybe kind of done saying that just because like, that's what the whole movie's built on, but like just stating right up front, uh, these are two contradictory, stories of what happened here and we're not here to like solve the case and uh tell you exactly what happened we're just presenting these two people or these three people and what they said about this i thought that was brilliant and it it made it to where you for me at least i could just focus on watching this movie and being entertained by the movie less so than like trying to remember what was factual and what wasn't and whether or not it happened like this or like that or whatever, like that stuff doesn't super matter to the movie. And I, I, I appreciated that a lot. Anyway, that's, oh. that's me, Richard, where are you at on yeah. this? Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I, uh, th- this is a story that I've kind of endlessly fascinated with part of it's just my age. It's like, we've become those people that we hated we were younger that were obsessed with all things 80s you know there's a certain kind of uh, perverse joy in being like oh i remember this and i'd forgotten this and something it 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 adds probably two points of interest to things that i i would have maybe less interest in um i love <laughs> the whole like drama of figure skating is hilarious to me it's it's a great <laughs> kind of cinematic setting for some reason you know what i mean like even in something stupid like blades of glory like there's something just bizarre about it as a sport slash art slash 
you know, it's a it's a sport that comes down to it, American yeah, Idol it, judging. It's, fun, it's funny the scene in, in <laughs> Itania where I don't know if it really happened, but she like goes over to the judges and they don't give her the score she wanted. She goes, "When am I gonna get a freaking?" You know, five or whatever. <laughs> yeah. so they go, uh, we judge on appearance too, honey. You know, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I'm fascinated like you, Richard, on j- subjective sports. Like we're, <laughs> yeah, we're exactly. determining who wins and loses by one dude thinking this or that. Like yeah, cheerleading the is French the same judge. way. I'm like, why do you have sports that are judged basically the on gymnastics. what a guy thinks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. So, so it's a great, it, it just has like an inherent drama yeah. to it just as a, as so it, it's great and and that uh that was like the peak time for it too you know i feel like maybe it was just in my house but i feel like like figure skating was kind of a big deal for like six years in the <laughs> weird time in the 90s, 80s, early 90s there was no internet yeah. we, we had nothing to Bri- do yeah <laughs> brian boitano and uh you know all that stuff the one dude scott hamilton scotty hamilton mm-hmm. yeah he did the backflip that was always a big deal yeah. in my house we didn't have cable um michelle kwan so, Michelle Kwan, uh, she can never get the gold, man. Yeah. You know, she's yep. forever bridesmaid. Michelle Kwan. Dominic Dominic, yeah. all, man. That's uh, gymnast. No, that she was, was a gymnast, Sorry. dude. Sorry. Yeah, but... Uh, I'm thinking yeah. of the yeah. same, same Olympics. House. Same Olympics, right? 90, <laughs> Atlanta. Yeah, and then uh, who else do we have? We had uh, Oksana Bayul, you know, mm-hmm. who, who wins this. We have Tara Lipinski, right? I mean, I, I can go deep on this, guys. Wow. Um Mad about anyway, skating. Yeah. Christy Yamaguchi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, so, anyway, it was like, a, and now I don't know, even when I watch the Winter Olympics, which are imminent, I would assume, uh, that uh, if the world doesn't blow up, that, uh, the, that uh, ironically, they're in Korea, aren't they? They're in South Korea. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, pardon me. It's, it, it doesn't seem nearly as big as it once was in terms of personalities. It was, it was a really kind of weird, bizarre yeah. time. The Coke was so good back then. Um, but, uh, <laughs> party on reference, but, uh, so yeah, it was anyway, all that being said, I thought this was a really fun little movie. It's the kind of movie that hardly ever is made. I, it kind of has Oscar thing probably for performances, but it's in just very silly, like on purpose at the same time. So it was just totally kind of enjoyable. Um, you know, it seems like these days we live in these blockbuster movies that don't take themselves very seriously or these kind of high minded Oscar movies that really take themselves seriously, even the comedies and, you know, and very little in between. And this kind of operated in between. And it's going to be a great cable movie, I think, which is <laughs> I mean, that is a very high compliment. Um uh, and so, and I thought Margot Robbie was really good and, you know, this is absolutely a vehicle for her to try to show that she can't act and that's okay. You know, um, Julia Roberts had a lot of those too. I mean, that's not even a demerit on her, mm-hmm. on her, on her. Um, it probably is a smart career move, but it is a cynical move. You could definitely tell, like, I think she produced this too. Like she yeah, seeked it's, this yeah, out. That's like this I mean. was it's a showy. This like, was, thing, yeah, yeah, it's very showy kind of thing. And that's fine. It doesn't offend me at all. Um, and so, and so, uh, it was, it was, I thought a kind of a fun romp and, and at least genre wise was kind of unique. And I appreciated that. I thought it was in its own way, kind of a brave, um, uh, movie because it, it kind of was all over the place in in a fun way. Anyway, that's, that's, that's my two yeah. cents. Uh, just, uh, I guess to kind of clarify what I said earlier, just in terms of responding to the fun romp, that's what I thought I was going to get for the most part here. It was more lighthearted comedy than anything. Um, I guess it's a spoiler. 
to say, uh, spoilers coming up for the life of Tanya Harding. If you don't know much about her, then don't listen any further. Um, I couldn't really get over the Sebastian Stan just savagely beating her for half the movie. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it was t- yeah. It was kinda, <laughs> That's true. I shouldn't say was, that with uh, Rob. I meant on the whole. No, I know what you totally, mean. Totally. I know what you mean. Yeah. But that's that was my problem with yeah. the, as a movie was I'm having such a good time watching Alice and Janney berate the, a little league figure skating, and then it cuts <laughs> to him savagely beating her. And I mean, I think I just think there are ways to imply that without focusing so much of the on there. And I understand like the circumstance of what happened with Nancy Kerrigan has to do with her relationship with. Galuli and his relationship with the, the bodyguard guy and all that. I I get that, but uh, I don't need to see it, I guess, so much. Uh, that was just, for me, it was just so hard for me to watch. And I was like, why am I having to look away and I, Tanya, from what? You know, I just think there's maybe, a, maybe a, a more lighthearted way to go about it. I hate to say that because it's a horrible subject matter, but uh, it was just, it was really tough for me to watch. And uh, I expected to be nothing but. It, uh, entertain, but uh, but by laughing, not by crying. Mm. So that was that was tough. Where did you guys fall on how much they decided to show there? And I'm surprised Sebastian Stan was like, "Yeah, I'll do that. I'm good." And it's not a very yeah, <laughs> it's not a light yeah. a role. It's gonna like it's the uh, say this guy can yeah. Let's cast him. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's I don't know why why they did went about it that way. Maybe that's yeah. What it's Tanya like wanted, uh, it's like that movie. Um, what was that movie with, oh gosh, uh, with Billy Campbell enough with J- where he's just beating J-Lo like the whole time. It's like, oh, yeah, a, yeah. Probably wasn't a great career move for you. Yeah, he hasn't Billy. been in a movie since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Black Snake no, or something like that. It's like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, though, that wasn't uh, the most pleasant thing. I, I kind of appreciated the gravity and that definitely makes her more sympathetic, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is their intent to really right. I think that's make you deal. sympathetic to her yeah. side of the story. And I, and I get that, but you're right, Ken, it is sort of jarring and in, in an otherwise kind of silly movie that to have these kind of really heavy scenes yeah. um, and whatever. But uh, yeah, when I say it, it will be a good cable movie, maybe with some of that. <laughs> yeah. Out. Maybe it's, yeah, like, I, it's like one of those things where you can, show that Galuli and his sidekick are idiots and they would have pulled something idiotic like this off without just beating Marco Robbie. I don't know. It was so in your face, like a bloody nose and like showing it like on camera. I mean, it's not like they close the door and you hear pounding against the wall and screaming and it's implied. It's just, it's like, wow, wow. We're actually, we're going this far with it. It was, it was tough. It was like, it felt like I was watching, I don't know the passion or something. I hate to say that, but it's just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, wow, that's 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 bad. Uh, but go ahead, Brian. No, I mean, I I agree with you. It's an uncomfortable and unpleasant <laughs> experience. I think that, that's why. Yeah, I, I I'm personally like I'm glad they didn't pull punches there. I think it for what to me like it almost adds to what the movie is trying to accomplish, just in terms of. It, that shockingness that kind of shocks you out of the tone of the movie, the funny Coheny vibe that the movie has got. And then you, man, you've got this coming at you and it, um, I think it kind of reminds, I think Richard's right. Like the, the, I don't know that this movie set out to make Tanya Harding out to be a sympathetic person. I've always kind of felt like even as a kid, I kind of was on 
Tanya Harding side of like, I feel like this person is sort of the victim in all this, maybe just as much as the person who got her leg bashed in. I don't know. But I think I think it was important to maybe I could have done with like three less domestic violence. Yeah, right. See, yeah. Or How many but times do we I, have to sh- yeah. show that? And, right? and that would that would be one of my you know complaints or criticisms of the movie but i i think if you have them like oh we're gonna go into the side room over here and you're just gonna hear the beatings or something i feel like it doesn't maybe doesn't go far enough to illustrate at least from tanya's perspective whether because again jeff galuli has forever said that he never beat her and stuff and so Mm. you know uh, allegedly but from at least from tanya's perspective this whole movie is about building her or showing what her like worldview is and i think you have to have that kind of put right in your face to be able to fully appreciate the fact that this is a person who has basically a seventh grade education who has abused her entire life and then was abused you know, as a, as an yeah. adult. And you, I feel like you have to factor that and you have to really understand that to, um, to appreciate the weird situation that she was in, whether or not you think like, um, she was super, she was completely in on the whole idea of, of destroying Nancy Kerrigan's leg or whatever. I feel like you have to know, this is what she's coming from. This is the, um, experiences that she is basing all of her um decisions on is that like just from a perspective of like if she says if you believe that she doesn't if you believe that she didn't know um that this was going to happen or more so if you believe that she did know but didn't say anything about it you kind of have to understand that she probably felt like if she did say something to you know to go against jeff that she was going to get another beating and i i don't know i feel like that was done well like i said give me maybe two or three less of those throughout the movie <laughs> yeah. that would have been great yep. but but i don't want you to, i don't want a movie to pull its punches just because the subject matter or the material is um difficult or awful <laughs> you know maybe it's because just going in like i said it it was pitched as come see margot robbie and i tanya not come see margot robbie and i tanya you know i just was <laughs> sure. like oh it's kind of jarring, if anything else. But mm-hmm. I think the the best scene of the movie is actually the guy that they hired to go break her leg and him trying to like debating in his mind what he should do and following him back in into the arena and down the hallway and everything and uh, actually going through with the act. I thought that was brilliantly kind of choreographed and shot and everything. And I thought that was, that was everything I wanted that sequence to be in my mind when mm-hmm. you the penultimate you know i guess the ultimate sequence i should say uh that you think is uh the actual incident and it lived up to my expectations so what was the stick out scene in your mind uh, of course anything with allison janney i love yeah. and how they showed her actual american mom treasure. american treasure house and janney uh how they showed her actual mom in the in the end credits the actual clip of her identical <laughs> like it was i thought yeah. it was allison janney for a second and i was like nope that's her actual <laughs> mom so she nailed I guess it wasn't that much of a stretch for her to come up with the character, but she personified that perfectly. And like you said, Brian, I mean, she is just emotionally abusing Tanya from the youngest age, saying she couldn't do it. She was horrible. She never amounts to anything, which is, that's how you parent, all right? I mean, that's (laughs) that's what you do with Coop, That's all I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh, Tear him down on a daily basis. I I mean, kind of a hateable character, another one, but definitely showy, and Allison Janney is... 
I want to see her in every movie. So I, mm-hmm. I would love that. She's so, so good. What, what, what stuck out to she you guys? She got mom to fill though, bro. So those moms aren't <laughs> going to film themselves. What was the scene that, like I mentioned with the, uh, the actual act, what, what was the scene that, that really uh, stuck out to you, both good or bad? Um, gosh, Kenavali was awesome. Yeah, he really was. The the interview portions to me, you know, in some way, I guess you could make a case that those are pretty showy. But I thought they were the best of the the movie. I could have like watched the, if you would, the yeah, the, the mocking, yeah. If uh-huh. if you could have, if you would have made the entire movie that, I think I still would have loved it. The I movie it is based really, on um really cool. the 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 writers' actual interviews. I think I went and actually interviewed the people. So I think uh-huh. a lot of that is maybe word for word what the people said or just a way for him to frame the movie. But this was a mm-hmm. script that was on the blacklist in 2016, actually. Same with The Post, which is coming out, or has just come out, the Spielberg movie. But this is a script that was very sought after, I guess, on Hollywood. So maybe that's why Margot Robbie mm-hmm. read it and was like, I'm doing this, I'm getting the rights, or we're going to do this type thing. Uh, but it seems like this story, like you guys said, it's just being begged to be told in this fashion for so long that maybe the first thing that was any good that was a Tanya Harding thing related. It's to me, this feels like I'm comparing like we did last year with the OJ documentary and the OJ series. You know, it's a very similar Mm. thing to me in terms of like, yeah, great showy performances. And, and yeah, that, uh, that was a story that needed to be told in that way. But, um, I think the documentary does a way better job and, and you can't get any crazier than reality, I guess is the mm-hmm. moral of the yeah. story. The the real story is, is even crazier than the movie, right? If I, people had just seen I, Tanya, I'll say, well, have you seen price of gold? No. Okay. That's even crazier. Yeah. I would recommend that to people too. So, um, there's different ways to go about it. And do you think this is the right way? Do you think this is, if you're going to tell this story, you have to kind of do it in the, in this way, or is there, uh, maybe TV was the answer. I don't know, a Lifetime movie of some kind. I'm sure they've done that before, though. It probably yeah, had I'm to sure have that. You guys mentioned uh, Amy Adams. I pictured Amy Schumer as Tanya Harding. I just, <laughs> I always, every time I see Tanya, I see Amy Schumer's face, like, immediately uh, as her. Uh, and I think I think maybe uh, Amy would have done a, a cool job. Um, I noticed a lot of face stitching though in the figure skating scenes. Did you see that? When yes. Stitching. Yes. Margot Robbie's face on there that that was distracting. Agree. Um, I liked how I liked the '90s throwback feel to it though. It reminded me a lot of how cringy all the music was that they're skating to and everything. I'm sure that was the real yeah. the real music that they used during the, that stuff. But it was really funny to to like you you alluded to earlier, Richard. Just the it was a weird time when we were we were all into figure skating for about four years. And um, uh, another scene that stuck out to me was when she leaves figure skating and goes back and works at the restaurant and then has to get back into figure skating. Yeah. And uh, I like that whole arc of the story. That was incredible. Yeah. Well, the, the Julianne Nicholson, the uh, skating coach, mm-hmm. uh, that's, I mean, it's super, that's not going to get any awards or anything. I mean, it's, it's certainly the least showy performance of anybody within this cast, but that scene right there where she, you know, meets her outside the diner and gives her the, you know, I'll, I'll work with you if you'll work with me speech and whatnot. That's a real, that's a highlight of, of the movie. That's a, an incredibly well delivered, um, piece of like good acting mixed with hitting the right note emotionally and like finally showing somebody, 
like a, a just a glimpse of positivity for this person who's just been mired in awful negative stuff for pretty much her whole life. That's an awesome scene. Yeah. Uh man, just Tanya's career after figure skating is very very fascinating too. Oh, I'd like man. to see a documentary about that. It's the just like yeah. that OJ uh made in America the last two episodes are like after the trial of OJ. Like you surely think it stops there, but there's a lot of stuff that happens after the fact. And I uh, remember celebrity boxing guys. Well, it was a so s- weird. simple time where there, we just get two people <laughs> with grudges and have them box it out on <laughs> national television. I love that. It's such a weird phenomenon. Richard. We even did it like, in claymation. Yeah, exactly. Like the idea, this <laughs> Daniel Harding made it through our fascination with ice skating that lasted for four years and our fascination with celebrity boxing that lasted for four mm. years. It's a really weird uh, time that she, maybe she goes into UFC next. I don't know, but it's just, it's really weird <laughs> that she managed to hit both of those very small culturally relevant bits of like the outlier pop culture. It's just, it's really weird. Right. I would have liked to see her fight Manute Bull though. That would have been the ideal, I think for celebrity boxing. She would have totally done UFC it had, it had it been around in the 90s uh, to the extent that it was now. She'd be like, sorry, guys, i got to retire from skating. I'm doing MMA now, and uh, I'm excited about it. But, yeah, uh, so as far as awards go, I don't think this is a Best Picture-worthy film. Uh, I don't envision Best Director or Best Original Screenplay, or maybe it would be adapted considering this is a an actual story. I don't know how they would qualify that but um in terms of the the performances i think margot robbie and allison janney could could uh mm-hmm. could get it and um we'll see with the golden globes i guess but uh they were they're were both strong they were both among the top of the year in my opinion for those categories yeah same here same. i would be i would be very surprised if uh both of them are not nominated for uh, their respective categories uh they were both those are two of the better. Yeah, I, I agree. They're showy, but they're really well done in their showiness. It's no, there's no, um, there's no like red maining to what's going on to me on in in those performances. Also, Paul Walter Hauser, who plays the bodyguard Eckhart, is really oh, funny too. Where they found that it, guy from? Yeah, he's almost like to me. He was a little distracting almost because he. I felt like everybody else in the movie was doing was act like I said at the outset was acting was portraying a character whereas he was kind of doing an impression of this really weird out there dude and it it kind of graded on me earlier in the movie but as it went I I, I don't know to me it kind of found its its rhythm and 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 worked out pretty well but for a while there it was like this weird hodgepodge of interviews with that guy and. Seth Rogen. And it just was like, uh, this is kind of a strange bit here. That's funny. Uh, I love the scene where the FBI comes and questions him. That was a, that was a, a standout mm-hmm. one too. He's like, I don't know any Tony Hardy. You're like, he just says, gluely did it. <laughs> like immediately. He's just, it was gluely. Uh, that was, uh, that was funny, but I don't, I just don't know. Like it's, I'm done. I'm done with Tanya Harding again. I don't, I, how much more is this it is this all you guys want or do you want more are you, will you well she's got a uh like a 2020 interview oh a really so so bring it give me all the tanya harding you she's got. wrestling a goat it. too <laughs> for charity 
For charity. Yeah, of course. For the kids. Of course. It's a pro-am. So she... My money's on the goat. <laughs> this <laughs> movie... The goat's the pro. $11 million budget. It's made $2.6 million so far. I don't think it's going wide, is it, Brian? Fully wide? Uh, what was it? It was at... Uh... Let's see. Oh, there's no. Th- oh, yeah. It was only 50 theaters. So I don't. I don't expect it because it's been out for like three months. I don't expect it goes much wider than that, which is a shame. Every single person, my wife and I went and saw this uh, over the weekend, and almost every single person that we've mentioned it to is like, I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. which is a bummer. Um, because I think a lot of people, especially our age, are here for Tanya Harding stuff. Uh, it still is a is a big deal, and I think this probably. I, I mean, I get it totally, and we you know we talked about the domestic violence and all that sort of stuff. It's it might be a hard sell on that front, but I think you could probably get people to go see it if uh, if it was out there, if it was you know available to people, rather than it was at three theaters in the entire Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex um, this weekend. You know. So, I think so too. Um, okay, Tanya Harding and I, Tanya. Where do we get, where do we fall on this one, uh, grades wise? Uh, let's start with uh, Bry. Go ahead. It's a solid A for me, uh, and going to be. I don't know if it's going to crack the top ten because 2017 was was pretty banging, but it's going to be. I imagine it'll be somewhere between ten and. 10 and 15, 10, 20, something like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm high on it. I, I, I very much enjoyed this, uh, minus the beatings. <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> I need to put that on the poster. Like loved this movie minus the beatings, a plus right. or something right. like that. So it's an I, A for me. I would, I would rank it an A if it wasn't for the beatings, but this movie does have the beatings in it. Like, if this was the non-beatings edit that I saw, I'd be like, oh, great. Hey. <laughs> and then they're like, did you see the beatings? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, Just like Richard yeah. was with the milking scene in The Last Jedi. He had no frame of reference. Like, did you see the milking? Like, no. Automatically a great <laughs> hire then. Um, I'm going to go B+. Can't give it an A just because of that factor. But uh, mm-hmm. enjoyable. But I'm done with Tanya. Done. Go ahead, Richard. I'm going to split the difference between you two. I'm going to go A-. minus. Mm. Cool. All right, I Tanya, watch it when you can, uh, because I don't think it's coming out uh, anywhere else. So get it on demand, and uh, hopefully the people that have seen it will uh, recommend it as well. Okay, that's it for us. No recommends tonight because we gave you fifty in the first segment of the show. <laughs> yeah, what more do you want from us? Gosh, I will say, <laughs> in terms of awards, that the. DFW Film Critics Association and have have awarded Allison Janney with uh, Best Supporting Actress for nice. 2017. So, um, It'd be cool to be part of that. Yeah. You know? they, yeah. Gave, they gave I, Tanya 8th place as Best Film. I don't know what else they ranked. Interesting. Uh, ranked Best Film, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, where can we find you online, uh, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will be out in February. No January issue this year. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me at uh, Richard Barton on all the social media and those same places you can you can find Brian. Uh, and Kent, where can I find you? Find me on the Twitter at uh, Kent Garrison. Find me also online, uh, Snapchat, Instagram. I can't Garrison as well. And follow us, uh, madaboutmoviespodcast.com, because 
we got a lot of fun stuff coming this year, 2018. Coming there, coming to the VIPs, and everybody in between. So exciting times, and we're glad you are here to enjoy it with us. But until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Silence is They're calling again.